The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello, everyone. This is the latest episode of the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And my guest today is Dennis Tempanero. He's a co-founder and CEO of Gotivation, motivational training on health and fitness. So Gotivation, um, obviously a um, offshoot of the word motivation here. Which a is very a- clever name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, uh, Motivation tends to dog us a lot, and those of us who try to stay commitment to or stay committed to health or really anything health job you know chores whatever so that is a big big ugly word to a lot of us so we've got someone here who might have kind of hacked it or mastered it I'd like to talk to them and pick their brain so Dennis, thanks for coming on man good morning Sean really appreciate you having me and i I think hacking it uh might be a little generous, but we definitely got some tips and some ideas that we've uh, we've cobbled together here. So happy to help, man. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, all right, Gotivation. So we've already kind of touched on where that really comes from. So dive into it a bit deeper. So what what is Gotivation all about? Yeah, uh, Gotivation is the mental side to health and wellness. So uh, you've probably heard this before, right? Getting healthy is 80% nutrition, right? What you're putting in your body rough numbers, 20% mm-hmm. exercise and fitness, how you're taking care of it, how you're moving, how you're activating it. But it's really 100% mental, right? You can have those two pieces, but if your head's not in the game, if you can't stick through the ups and downs or learn or grow, it doesn't matter what the other two are. So we focus on that mental piece to help you stay motivated and dedicated to whatever it is you want to do to get healthy. Okay. So it's all about the mental energy that you put into something here. It really is. Yeah. It's all the motivation. And I think there's a lot of misnomers about motivation. Mm -hmm. It just depends on who you ask. Uh, I often tell a story about the, when I was first starting this company, uh, I interviewed three fitness coaches. So I'm like, all right, I want to learn why are people motivated? What works? What doesn't work? Uh, And the first one says to me, hey, motivation is I don't know if I could swear on this show. Uh, motivation is total BS. In small bits. In yeah. small bits. Total BS, right? It's not real. It's a bunch of like memes and quotes online. It doesn't matter. It's not important at all. I'm like, okay, that's pretty harsh, but that's, uh, that's your point of view. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The next one I talked to, she had like the reverse, 180 degrees of, apart from that. Motivation is what gets me out of bed. It's my reason for existing. It drives me. It keeps me healthy. I share it. Um, and I, I was even more confused, right? Because you had two very opposite opinions. Mm-hmm. And the last woman is just a little uh, sarcastic. She's like, I thought that's what you were supposed to be figuring out yourself, man. So <laughs> I, like, I, I went back basically to, to square one and say, I have no idea what this is. I don't know why I'm motivated. I don't know why other people are motivated or not. What actually is it? So we dug into the science of it. We, we read a lot. We researched. I work with psychologists, work with personal trainers, um, and Again, tried to distill what are the pieces of motivation that are unique and are going to help us out. And there were two really big things we discovered. Maybe I'm slow to the party, but at least discovered for us, right? (laughs) Uh, So, Sean, the first thing is motivation is unique. It's different for everybody, right? What drives you, what drives your audience is probably going to be different than what drives me and keeps Mm -hmm. me going. And that's really important, right? Because we're all unique. So motivation is unique, too. It, um, the second piece, which is 
probably even more surprising to me is that motivation is not will. It's skill. Mm. It's skill. So if something's a skill, you know, generally, what does that mean? Something you've practiced and repeated many, many times. That's it, right? Yeah. Mm. And it changes exactly how you think about it. Because if, again, if it's a skill, you can learn it, you can practice it, you can get better at it. It's not just luck. It's not a meme. It's not lightning bolt of energy. You can actually flex and learn this skill. It's all a mental mindset, right? Mm -hmm. So those two things really kind of shaped it, uh, my understanding of motivation and helped us realize we can really help people learn this skill and get better at it. So what kind of uh, drove you down that road there? I mean, I think it's probably something, all, like I said at the top of the broadcast here, like it's something we've all kind of wrestled with and we still continue oh, yeah. to wrestle with. Even the very best of us do. I mean, we're all human. We all, you know, run into roadblocks. We all get sick. We all yeah. get depressed or deflated. You know, some of us are better at fighting through it than others. Um, but it's something that just kind of like nags at all of us here. So, but you kind of took it a step further and you went down, well, you took your curiosity and you went down this very specific road. You did interviews, you talked to psychologists, you talked to trainers. Um, and a lot of what you told me with these trainers say as something I've heard before too. Yeah. yeah. E either in person or through memes, that third one who gave you an answer sounded like an evasive answer. It sounded like they really, they really <laughs> didn't want to answer it's it. It's a nice so, way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. So they just kind of like kicked it back at you. It's like, yeah, okay, go figure you, it out. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> at All least, right. the, at least the other two took up, <laughs> took a position, right? Yes. <laughs> maybe <laughs> ill-informed, maybe just right. based on, you know, what had happened to them mm -hmm. in their lives or what they'd seen, but, uh, right. But you, uh, you, you made a deep study of this. Yeah. So, what really wanted you, what really um, made you want to do that? Because, yeah. you know, it's just not something all of us really do. No, uh, I don't think most people would, would quit their day jobs uh, mm -hmm. with a family and burdens and say, I want to go start a new business about this wild idea that I have that we can help right. people stay motivated. Uh, and not like, you know, in a, a Tony Robbins sense where we're going to get up on a podium and cheer for them, but not in yet, like right? a behavioral science sense, what are the actual techniques and practices and um, and assessments we can do to help people figure it out themselves, right? Because motivation is something you can strengthen again. So it comes back to the person learning how to do it. You can't force motivation on somebody. It doesn't work that way. Um, but the long story short is I was at a corporate job, uh, really, you know, I guess most people would be very happy to be there. It paid well. I had a great team, good friends, a lot of prospects. And, uh, you know, I got kind of tired of that routine. I think a lot of people have the same story. They get tired of that routine. But particularly for me, I had been training for what I thought was going to the Olympics. So I, I picked up archery, which is a, a very niche uh, kind of random sport. Uh, maybe quarter life crisis is probably the easiest way to say it. So I really wanted something to do for myself. Again, I was working all these hours and I said, I need to figure out how do I have something for me, not just, you know, a career and a job. So I picked this up. I got good training. I practiced really hard. I put a lot of hours into it and uh, went to the first Olympic trials. This was back in the early teens and I was shooting pretty well. And I thought maybe I had a chance to get to the next round, right? There's lots of cuts as you, you go to the Olympics and, and I did a terrible job, right? I choked. Mm -hmm. uh, I was very tense. I was nervous. All the things you'd expect of a, you know, very new, probably too much pressure on himself, a uh, junior athlete like me trying to go get after this. And I was distraught and, you know, I went from practicing maybe 20 hours a week on top of my job to not wanting to get out of bed, 
not training, not going to the gym. Um, and as the story goes, I saw this commercial. Uh, it was a Michael Phelps commercial, which is ridiculous to think about that this happened. And uh, he had just kind of gotten in trouble you know, for doing just normal human stuff. I think he was smoking a little bit, having some fun, right? He was one of the winningest Olympians of all time. He deserved to go relax. And people are like, oh, shame on Michael Phelps. What a bad, what a bad uh, role model he is. And the commercial was all about him, like getting pumped up to come back and training and, and working hard and being jeered at, you know, uh, and, and mocked and yelled at and all this stuff. And it just got me so excited that even after being caught, this was now in the wintertime, um, I got up out of bed the next day, 5 a.m. I go down to my garage, my cold garage in the wintertime in, in the Midwest, like where mm -hmm. we're both from. And I start practicing again. And I said, what? You know, when I had a chance to digest, I'm like, what just happened that got me so energized to get back after this, this crazy goal and this big failure, in my mind at least, um, to get going? And I did. I kept going again. I, I ended up getting a world ranking, a U.S. ranking. I, you know, I'm not a, a champion by any means, but I did really well and I continued to progress uh, even years later. So that led me to want to study motivation, create motivation, and learn as much as I can. Because I said, this is pretty cool if we can figure out how it works. So yeah, you touched on the archery. So I did read an article. I read, I read an article that was on your website. It was sure. very, very boldly titled, Why Your Goals Suck. So, <laughs> so that uh, I'm one of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, that did exactly what it was meant to do. It got me to read it. It was like, excuse me, my goal, <laughs> my goals suck. What? Okay. But no, I wasn't going into it prepared to be angry about anything. I was just kind of sure. curious what, what this was uh, really getting after here. And uh, yeah, the, uh, so you told like an archery coach told you that your, your goals just weren't all, all that, in, weren't all that uh, really accessible that you're just kind of, you know, you're, um, you know, punching above your weight there in terms of goals, so to speak. And, uh, yeah. And he really kind of, instead of like telling you, well, your, am, your ambitions are, your ambitions are completely off. You're not going to go anywhere with this. He said, no, your ambitions are right. But he said, uh, it's just that how you're going about it is different. You need yeah. a different, you need a different, um, different plan altogether. It, it was fascinating, right? Because he, he was a very talented coach. His, uh, he coached his son and a number of other people. Uh, I believe his son got a silver medal in the Olympics. So fantastic coach, very driven, um, and kind enough to take me in for a weekend to teach. And I remember when he told me that, you know, I had my little chart. I felt like, hey, I've got, here are my goals and I'm going to pyramid up to the top. And first I'll make the, you know, I'll win the mm -hmm. state championship. Then I'll win the region. It's, he's like, no, you're thinking about it wrong. And when I think about your audience and, and myself, right, included, oftentimes when we talk about health goals, we go straight to, I want to lose weight. I want right. to lose 15 pounds, right? If I heard, had a dollar for every time I heard that goal, I wouldn't need to have a business. I would just sit back on my bed of money. That is a very poor goal. And there's a couple of reasons for it. Um, one, you don't know if it's realistic to start, right? You talked about punching above my weight class. Was I ready to set a goal of making it to the Olympic team or at least the U.S. team? At that time, probably not, right? And that's not what I should have been focused on. Um, so you already set yourself up for failure. Is 15 pounds, is 20 pounds, is 50 pounds, is that realistic? You don't know that necessarily unless you mm -hmm. talk to, you know, a coach like yourself, a nutritionist, a doctor. You, you got to have a realistic goal or you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. The second thing and probably the most important thing you, you took out of that article is that 
there are two types of goals, right? There are concrete goals, which is I want to lose 15 pounds. It's very mathematical. It's very logical. I need 15 pounds, then I will fit into this uh, these pants, and I will feel this good. Uh, you know, I'll look like this. That's a concrete goal, and that's okay to have, but it has to be in context with what they call uh, abstract goals. And abstract goals are really what motivates us better. So the abstract goal will be, I just want to feel like myself again, right? I just want to be confident if I have to go to the pool with my kids. I just want to be able to, to be comfortable, like bending over to pick up stuff and I'm not going to hurt my back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm in the back, old, old man back club too here, right? I've hurt my back a few times. That is an abstract goal. That is attached to emotion. That's attached to something that your brain goes, yeah, I want to feel that way. I don't feel anything with 15 pounds, but I do feel it if I tell myself I'm going to be out of pain or I'm going to feel confident or comfortable or have more, you know, um, just have better self-awareness uh, about who I am and what I can accomplish. So that's a big takeaway. Start with an abstract goal. Start with something that is the feeling of how you want to feel and what you want it to be. Then go set a goal, you know, that's a, a reasonable, I would say, smaller uh, step goal that you can achieve. Right. Okay. So start with something that has an emotional attachment to it and then take that and then progress to something that's actually quantifiable, like 15 pounds or 30 pounds or whatever. So you, you, but you have, you have to start with the, start, the, start with the, the, the larger, why, that emotional right. why. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, we talk about it in, in context of motivation, but you know, think mm-hmm. about it or think about maybe some of your, your clients when things get tough and they will, you talked about it, right? Motivation and mm-hmm. life goes up and down all the time. It could be a great week at work, could be a miserable week. The kids could be sick and home, or they could be having a great time at school. It could be sunny out like it was two days ago and 80 degrees in uh, Chicago, or now it's 31 and snowing, right? Yeah. And if, <laughs> if you think it's going to be steady or consistent at this point in life, uh, you're, you're missing it, right? It's going to mm-hmm. be up and down. You won't fight. You won't stay motivated and driven for your goal if it's only a concrete goal. You've got to have mm-hmm. that emotion and that reason behind it to keep you going. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So motivation. Okay. So we talk about motivation. Then we also get into areas like uh, grit and discipline. Sure. So just like that person who you, that trainer you spoke to before, who just talked all about the discipline and not the motivation. Um, see, I, you can't help but run into that, especially if you're yeah. you know, in social media at all, you see that everywhere. Now it's like, it is the thing to say now It's like, you know, motivation is just absolute garbage, and I know. it's it's the discipline that carries you over. And to to some degree, I agree with that message. I mean, I do kind of like the Jocko Willing sure. discipline is freedom, that kind of thing. That has, and it's it's very poetic, kind of ironic and poetic at the same time. Yeah. So that's kind of why I like it. Um, I've also kind of like taken a different approach about that. I was saying, well, you know, the motivation is what will prompt you to get going. The discipline is what will keep you going. Yeah. Is that about where you fall? To, to a degree, right? I think it comes down to definition. So when you look at motivation from a behavioral science standpoint, right? Motivation is a whole host of traits and characteristics, right? It's, again, it's, it's the reason you do, don't do, or continue doing something. That's the definition of motivation. Mm-hmm. So when people say motivation, you know, gets you started, yes. And it can keep you going if you know what it is and you know how to strengthen it. People kind of, I think their definition trails off a little too quick there. So what what we found is that, you know, you're talking about grit and discipline. People generally uh, gravitate to a a different type of personality, right? So we talked about motivation being unique. 
So what we found is that there's these kind of groups of traits, these groups of characteristics that people fall into, and we call them motivational personalities. Okay. So uh, we have a little assessment you can take and you get a free uh, motivational personality to figure out which one you are. But we found that there's four main types and they have those different traits and they have those different characteristics to figure out what is it that really motivates you? Because it's going to be different than somebody else. Someone might be really driven to get up at 5 a.m. and get after it and that that grit and that passion and that energy behind it. And there are other people that are not driven at all by that. They are, that's the antithesis for them. It's like, oh my God, if you make me get up at 5 a.m. in the cold, I am never going to exercise. I am certainly not making a shake. Uh, that's not for me. So we try to help people figure out which of those four personalities they fit into so they can then pair up better with what is going to drive them. Gotcha. So just out of curiosity, what, par what uh, personality do you fall into out of those four categories? Yeah. I'll, I'll share all four too, right? In case people want to try to figure it out. Again, it's you can go on and take the right. quiz and get it for free. Um, but I'm a, a partial perfectionist. Okay. So think of a partial perfectionist as work hard, play hard. I'm going to maybe eat clean, really, really uh, disciplined through Monday through Friday, and then have a bunch of drinks on the weekend and totally ruin it, right? Or I'm going to have a really clean breakfast and lunch, but then I'm going to go have a sleeve of Girl Scout cookies uh, after dinner. But that's me, right? It's kind of these these two extremes. But I know I'll get back to it, whether I take a day off or a week off or a month off, kind of like you saw in the archery story. Mm -hmm. That's That's part of who I am. I have these cycles uh, and that, that keeps me motivated. It keeps me energized to know I can both have the hard work and also the enjoyment and that relaxation in life. So that's partial perfectionist in a nutshell. Uh, the second one is called a disciplined doer. So disciplined doer is motivated by schedules, by routine, by details like note taking and apps uh, and the metrics, like how are they scaling against everybody else? They want to process. They want to process and they want to see progress. They're very disciplined in that sense. Uh, if you kind of come at them with a, hey, maybe on Tuesday, you know, we should try something different or yeah, I'm not really right. sure. What do you think? They're like, just give me the plan and put it on my calendar. Let's do this. What are we waiting for? So a different approach, right? right. Um, and there's pros and cons to everybody, right? Nobody is, it's not like one right way to be. We're all humans. Um, the next up is self-controlled spectator, not just a clever name. So self-controlled spectators, they are driven by having that control, right? Thinking through their decisions, uh, kind of weighing the good and the bad in the short term and the long term, making the call themselves, right? They want, to, they want all the information, but they want to make the decision to say, yes, I am taking my time and I'm going to join this yoga class or no, yoga is definitely not for me. I'm going to wait till I figure out what is best for me, or what I can commit to, right? They want to be in the driver's seat there. And then the last one is, uh, we call them laid back learners. Think of them almost as the opposite of discipline doers, right? They do not want blood, sweat, and tears. They want enjoyment. They want variety. They want fun, right? If you, mm -hmm. if you can't enjoy it, it's not worth doing in their opinion. You don't have to like grind it out and burn it out. There's plenty of ways to be with people, enjoy the workout, try new foods, learn a whole bunch of things from social media, right? Consume a lot of information, that learner aspect. They're really curious about it. Um, but when it comes down to it, they're probably going to need a little bit of guidance and leadership, uh, and you're going to have to accommodate them to make it enjoyable. So those are the, those are the big four. Do you find that most people fall into either one, or they generally kind of blend one or two categories, or maybe all four? That's an awesome question. Um, 
I think people gravitate most towards one, but there's no personality test or assessment in the world where it's like, yeah, this is you, Sean, 100%, you know, line to line, this is how you fit. Humans are humans, right? Mm -hmm. We all have aspects that we'll probably see in some of those four, but, you know, the bulk of them will be one personality. And um, so Danny, our our chief product officer, uh, he's a psychologist as well. And we talk about, you know, this personality things that, you know, nobody can ever just be one thing. And why is that? Well, think about even your own life, or maybe if you're listening right now, were there times where, you know, maybe you were younger, you had more free time and it was okay Mm -hmm. to like, you know, take things casually and approach them whenever you needed to, because you could, you had the freedom in your schedule versus being older, right? If it's not scheduled for 6.30 PM on Tuesday, it's probably not happening right now. Or maybe there were times in your life you wanted more structure and a coach. You say, hey, I'm very open to things right now. I want to learn. I want to grow. I haven't studied this in a bit. And other times where you're like, no, nah, I got it. I can watch a video and figure it out. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a quick learner in this regard. So that's, we all kind of ebb and flow and your personalities can, you know, have variations in them. Yeah, because I was, as you were listing off the uh, the four different uh, personality categories, I kind of saw myself, one, in the discipline doer type where you yeah. know, I, I have... I have like the schedule of thing. I have the schedule I like to follow. But then on the other hand, I'm kind of more like the, uh, what was it? The lazy. Uh, laid back learner. Laid back learner. Okay. Yeah. Laid back learner. Laid back learner type where I'm very kind of variety based in what I practice. It all kind of has like a central focus or a central goal to it. Sure. To some degree. But I do kind of gravitate. It sounds around. like you're a blend. Yeah. Yeah. I do kind of, kind of gravitate. Um, around different kinds of exercise modalities and things like that. And I do like to experiment an awful lot. And I also kind of bring that into my own training when I'm training other people. Some people get into that more than others, the more explored. Some people are not very exploratory. Like you said, they just kind of like, they want the plan. Give me the plan, follow the route from A to B. Exactly. Two dots at most. (laughs) Right. Two, Two, three dots at most. This is what we're doing and you just kind of stick to it. But, you know, and that's fine too. But I've also found that very um, limiting in some ways. It's like, well, you know, I like room to improvise too. Yeah. I kind of, you know, I like to, I guess I kind of have like a, almost like a, a jazzy, <laughs> a jazzy take on exercise here where I just, I'm just, I'm just like improvising, you know, and doing things I think are going to be cool. And sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't, but that's like experiment. Yeah. But that's a, uh, and I think you just you just answered one question I was going to ask you. It's like, well, do you think over time that really changes? You know, you can start out when you're, you know, 18 years old. You can start out being one thing, and then you're kind of as you're when you're 40, you're something else in terms of personality. Yeah, I, I think it can, right? And um, especially if you're on the maybe like the borders of different personalities, right? If you're close, mm-hmm. uh, there's some things that are going to be pretty consistent in you over time. Uh, psychologists talk about traits being less flexible, right? You grew up a certain way or you were raised a certain way, maybe a certain socioeconomic background and beliefs and values. Those are generally like pretty deeply imprinted in you. They can change, but they're more stable. Genetics can be pretty stable too, right? That always has a a piece in it. But then there's those other things where it's maybe exposure, you're meeting new people, learning new things, or your your life changes, you have a kid, maybe you move or, or change jobs, maybe you're a caretaker. There's all these other things that will morph in your life that could then kind of nudge you one way or the other and change, you know, at least in our survey, your motivational personality. Yeah, yeah, because I think 
I'm not sure why. If I'm like thinking back to when I was when I was younger, I can't really put my finger on what I really was. I, I probably was more of the um, the last one. I can't think of it. Lay back, lay back learner, learner yeah. type. Yeah, and just you know, chill, that, go with the flow. Chill, go with the flow. See what yeah. happens, and then. But I think over time, I grew into more of a structured kind of uh, kind of person. It's like, okay, so on this day I'm doing this, on this day I'm doing that, this day I'm yeah. doing that, and then I might be the nature of your work too, right? Like you have to be organized. You got to right. be structured to take care of other people and help them achieve yeah. what they want to achieve. Right. You know? But the, but even then, even now, the, I can have like a set thing what I'm going to do for this day, and I decide at the last minute, you know, what, screw that. I'm just going. I'm going to do all, something yeah. else else like this. You know, it's just kind of like. I like the excitement that comes along with that sort of thing here. That makes sense. Um, I don't know if that relates back to how I was raised or not. It might have. Um, There's probably but, some elements, yeah, deep in there. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Do you do you relate it back to the way you were raised? How you're like? Would the the first one was the perfection? What was it? Partial perfectionist. Yeah. Partial the, perfectionist. The, the perfect perfectionist side of partial perfectionist. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. um, very structured growing up. Right. We had our schedule. We had our sports. We had school very disciplined at school, right? You know, work really hard, try to get good grades. Um, everything was pretty, pretty structured. Again, we still played, we still had a normal childhood, right. but I think back to it, it's like, no, I want to achieve. I, you know, I played chess, I played basketball, right? Like I wanted to do these things and do them really well. So I had coaching, I had structure, I had time. Um, certainly less so than I would say younger people today who might be playing three sports all season long, you know, I mm -hmm. maybe three sports uh, one at a time. Right. But to me, that was a lot of structure and discipline. So that was that kind of perfectionist side. The partial side, I think, grew over time as I wanted to, you know, maybe break free from that and have some fun and enjoyment and experience life, too. So, you know, I haven't really I haven't tried to dissect myself all that much beyond it, but it's a really good question to see, you know, where it came from or kind of how it's evolved over time. Yeah, because I'm thinking I'm, well, I'm thinking that, you know, my mom, I grew up with my mother. My mother is an artist. Yeah. She is a night owl, so she's up all hours of night, mainly painting yeah. or drawing or something like that. And so that was, and even still today, I don't really think about it very much, but I kind of, you know, when I think about like in terms of my own goals, like in terms of like what I want to accomplish and who I really admire the most, it's not really like business people or trainers the most that I admire. Yeah. It's, it's artists. It's mu like artists, musicians, like painters, musicians, painters, yeah. people who explore, who um a deep creative um force within themselves you know yeah. people who really kind of right dedicate their life to actual a creation of something and i think that really does has been inf um has informed my my current um personality in terms of how I actually go about my, my own training and how I train others too and like i said some people really respond to it. sometimes i have to kind of like put that um, turn that down on yeah. medium low and turn up the other ones a little bit higher and say, okay, here's your structure. Here yep. you go. Um, but, but that's what's um, cool about it, right? I, I yeah. think you've learned that you've learned this naturally over time and, and your, your clients probably understand it too. When you know someone's, whether it's their motivational personality, you just understand them, right? Really deeply. Mm -hmm. You generally know better what motivates them and what doesn't. You know what activities are probably going to like more than others, right? What they gravitate to maybe where they get stuck or go off the rail sometimes, how they can overcome mm -hmm. obstacles. Like you get to that point where if you know what motivates you, you can solve a lot of those challenges. Mm -hmm. um, and, and people that are not here to, to knock anybody, but you're kind of one size fits all coaches or trainers. Or it's like, I'm just going to be the, you know, the military coach 
or I'm going to be just the mm-hmm. soft and easy flowing coach. Like that works for a certain segment of people, but not most people. And you have to find that person to get lucky versus them understanding you and flexing their style and, and adapting. So, all right. Uh, let's see. Sorry, I'm blanking on my latest That's question. Right. I, I was I was having having a moment here. Too many uh, deep thoughts. We're yeah, yeah, yeah early we're, on a Monday here. You know, I know we're really getting into it much deeper. Oh, so I was going to ask you. Um, yeah. So we're talking a lot about kind of a, a balance of things here too. It's like even it's personalities or just kind of how how we live life. Yeah. You know, you know, and people talk about balance all the time too, either good or bad. And um, but do you think? I've kind of heard both ways on this too. It's like people want to avoid extremes, but then I've heard but from some people, it's like, well, I mean, you can be balanced, but you can also be extreme at some times. And that's actually a good thing. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think extremes are something that should be avoided for the most part? It's, uh, it's complicated. Cause I, I already think of three or four different examples that, that point different ways in general. So I, I guess my general philosophy is, Leverage your strengths, mm-hmm. right? And I know that doesn't necessarily mean an extreme thing, but leverage your strengths. We actually call out your strongest trait in the report. We call it your superpower. So it's like, are, you know, do you have um, a really deep self-control or do you have a lot of grit or a, an internal locus of control or, you, you know, life throws you lemons, you make lemonade, you make the best of things. We actually recommend you play to those strengths because they're going to help you get through challenges better than what maybe you're not as strong at or you're, you're non-go-to. Right. Some people say, hey, you know, you got to have willpower to stick with. You got to have that grit and determination. But if that's really low for you, yeah, you can work on it. Take your time and strengthen it. There's activities, there's techniques. But right now, why don't you use what you're best at? So, again, our philosophy is work towards your strengths. However, that said, there are probably periods where going a little more extreme can help. Um, Just not for long. Let me Mm. give an example here. So. There's a there's a, a spectrum called the fear of failure, need for achievement in psychology, and it's it's not very complicated. It's just kind of a line. Uh, and there's achievement on one side and fear on the other side. Some people are very driven by achievement. You want likes on social media. You want people to give you compliments. You want to win a medal at a race, or you know look in the mirror and see your abs. Uh, that's a drive for some people. Other people on the other end of the spectrum are driven by fear. I don't want to get an F on that test. Like I would be mortified. I don't want to go onto the beach and have people looking at me in this condition, right? I don't want to have to go to the gym and not know how the equipment works, or I don't want to make a meal, a healthy meal for my family and have everybody say, this is, this tastes like garbage, right? They're terrified of fear. So they do everything they can to avoid that bad situation, right? They're going to learn, they're going to grow, they're going to get coaching. They're going to do it privately, whatever they need to. Both of those are extremes, right? You're at different ends of the spectrum. For a little while, either one is good. If you really have to avoid something bad in your life that could actually hurt you, yeah, you should have a fear of that. You don't want to die. Okay, so if you really need to get going and you need to start, you know, walking around the block once a week, that's a, that's a good motivation uh, to keep going. Um, now, there's, there's a dark side to that too, right? So fear of failure leads to burnout over time. You could be scared of something for a while and really work hard to avoid, you know, again, I, I don't. I don't want to go back to the hospital, right? Or I don't want to go to the beach and feel embarrassed to be there. And you work really hard towards it. But it's such a narrow-minded negative reinforcement that it'll burn you out. And a lot of people that are very fearful give up and they don't Mm. come back. So 
I guess what I'm saying is in limited quantities, maybe in short bursts, that extreme take in one position or the other can help you. But again, in normal life, the balance and the most motivation is in the middle. Having a healthy fear of failure, right? Doing things that are going to take care of you. You don't want the bad, but also being driven and being happy about your achievements. You lost one pant size or you finished a, a charity 5K, which is the first time maybe some people have done that. That's mm. that's the real balance that you need. So that... Uh... So say, for example, that heart attack who scares someone into actually getting into shape. Yeah. You know, that's the motivation. Okay. It's fear-based. Yep. I don't want to have another heart attack. You know, mm. um, you know, Doc already cracked my chest open once. I don't want it done again. Keep them out of there. Yeah. Let's, let's keep yeah. it nice and close. Yeah. Let's keep, let's keep it together. Right. So, but that you're saying in the long haul is not going to keep you going because eventually, you know, six months goes by, a year goes by. You haven't had another heart attack. And so exactly. your fear of it starts to diminish. And so it's not going to keep you going. So at some point you have to hit a marker where it says, okay, now I'm not scared so much anymore. Now I just want to win. Yes. Now I'm feeling better about my accomplishments, right? It's not just that the, the fear is gone. It's, but Hey, look, I also now, instead of just walking up and down the stairs, I can walk around my block one time. Mm -hmm. like that's a, that's a big accomplishment. And we, we talk a lot about, guess I'm segueing a little bit here about micro goals. So in oh, GoTivation, okay. we teach people micro goals. We believe in them. People are busy, but also it has a huge purpose. Micro goals are like the smallest building block of a goal you can have. So instead of saying like I did when I made my mistake about goals of I want to go to the Olympics, my micro goal should have been like, I want to go find, uh, I want to go find a coach. I just want to go online and find a coach today. And if I found a coach and called them and said, can I get a lesson? Mission accomplished. I didn't, I didn't shoot an arrow. I didn't exercise. I didn't do anything, but I finished that tiny goal. And that builds momentum. That builds confidence over time. And it makes you excited that you achieved something. So again, uh, I know I segued a bit there, but moving from that fear base to a more balanced of, I also feel good that I achieved something, whether it was small or a medal, right? Uh, it's going to help drive you better and keep you motivated longer. So when someone signs up for a GoTivation, let's say yeah. someone who's listening to this right now, they go to the website, which I'll put in the show notes here, and they'll see what it is. They'll take the personality test. They'll go through all the steps and whatnot. So yeah. someone signs on to GoTivation, what do they have to look, look forward to? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, what we're, I'll tell the whole process until we're working on now because we're, you know, we're a small business. We're always right. in flux. So you, you take the motivational personality. You get your assessment. There's a free version and a premium version if you want to get real deep about like where you get stuck and what happens with kids and jobs and life. Um, there's a couple options there. After that, the key is how do we get unstuck? Mm -hmm. So there's there's kind of two points where, where people tend to get stuck. It's either right at the beginning, right? They can't get over the hump to say, I want to get started making healthy food or, or changing my nutrition. Or I want to get started, you know, stretching at my house. And then some people get stuck when they, you know, call fall off the wagon, whatever you want to call it, but they've been doing it. They hit a bump in life and they're like, ah, I haven't done this in a month now. So wherever they're stuck, we want to meet them and figure out, we have a program that's coming out. Um, it's a 30 day program. There is a number of assessments and kind of self-reflection and then live coaching once day, once a week, where you come together and we try to figure out what are the things that are tripping you up? You've done this before. You felt good before when you were, you know, either an athlete when you were younger or before kids or before a stressful job. Where are you getting hung up and how do we get past that? So we actually help them figure out how to get unstuck. At the end of that program, then it's the same thing, right? It's a skill. So learn about yourself, uh, practice and get better at it. 
So the next step is practice. And that's called Motivated in a Month. It's a 30-day self-paced course, which has a lot of practice in there. So we say, all right, you know, Sean, if you kept getting stuck because, you know, you've got an external locus of control, right? The last few years, you felt like everything's happening to you. Your job has been bad. You know, the, the world is getting worse. Uh, whatever is happening is happening. You can't take control. We have to help you reframe that mindset, right? We have to work. And there's plenty of skills and, and practice and technique you can do to, to fix that and strengthen it. So we'll pick a couple areas where you're getting stuck. We'll practice those for a number of weeks until we can kind of take the training wheels off and say, all right, I am Sean. I am a, uh, you know, a discipline doer and I figured out how to get past these hurdles. And now I'm going to go back and I'm going to take whatever program you want. It could be through you. It could be an online program. It could be a subscription. It doesn't, again, the nice thing about mental training is that it's agnostic. Whatever mm -hmm. physical activity or nutrition you want to do works as long as you can keep your mind to it. Um, so then they go back and they, they set a real goal and start working, use their new skills that they've built. And that's it. And we'll help them if things happen again. That's the cycle of life. So have you, uh, have a lot of trainers um, picked up on the trainers and coaches? Have they picked up on Gotivation? Have Do you partner with a lot of people as like the kind of like a, kind of like a, like I said, a partnership between a, you and them? It's a mix. Yeah. Okay. So this is, uh, again, not here to disparage anybody. Everyone's got different career sets. So when we first started, we were talking to larger gyms and I said, Hey, you know what? We really, you've got great equipment. We don't do the physical piece, uh, mm -hmm. but we help with the mental piece. And they said, well, why would I want people to come to my gym more? <laughs> and, and we were, I was dying. I'm like, what do you mean? Why would you want them to come more? They're like, yeah, we don't, we don't want more people to subscribe and show up because then we got to maintain the equipment. We don't have as much profit. And these are big box gyms, right? Some of them were, were kind of against the idea of this. Okay. And what we learned is over time, you know, coaches like yourself, Sean, or there's other trainers we partner with. There's like local studios that we work with. They have a more invested approach to their clients. They say, of course, I want them to get healthy. Of course, they want them to show up. My success is dependent on their success, not just... How many times did the you know elliptical machine get used this week? And they've really caught on to it because they see the value in helping their clients, and the clients see the value in having that you know additional aspect to their training through their that, studio or gym. So it's it's weird, man. This has drives some weird decisions. Yeah, that that is interesting. That is very strange. You know, why would I want people to show up more? You know, yeah. which is essentially saying, why would I want more business? Yeah, as long as they got them as a subscriber, what? they're good, right? So. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get way too deep here. And someone's probably like, well, that's not exactly how it works. But again, generalize. If you're running a big box business, you want as many subscribers and many members as possible and lowest attendance as possible. So you've got monthly income coming in. And you've got the least mm -hmm. overhead costs to maintain your equipment, to staff your gym, to have least space and size. So again, like I get it from a business standpoint, but that's not what I'm about. That's not what you're about. Like it, it's just the wrong audience for us. We found people right. that want to do this. Yeah. Right. So you, you found like uh, like individual trainers who are more kind of taken with this message rather than like the more corporate yes. model gyms. Yes. Okay. Yeah, individual trainers, maybe small studios, small gyms. Those are those are the type I'd say on the, you know, like the the trainer, the coach side, those are the ones that have really taken to it and get it. Gotcha. Yeah. So you know, you're based in Chicago, so I assume that most of your business is probably in the Chicago area. Have you branched out into more of the Midwest and beyond, or is it still still mostly in Chicago? We're still pretty local, right? So we're, we live in uh, our, our business, right, is in Glen Ellen. So it's a suburb of Chicago, about 45 minutes out. 
um, writing incubator out here. It's me and, and uh, my co-founder, Kim, and then our, our CPO, Danny. We're all at least local here and everybody else is kind of remote. Um, but we've stayed pretty much local. The nice thing is we have had you know customers from across the country because the programs are remote. You can take the right. assessment today. Uh -huh. Right. on your phone and do it in five minutes and learn it. You could sign up for the program and you know, the once a week coaching is on zoom. So it's easy. So we haven't really pushed to like mm -hmm. get folks outside of our, our uh, hometown here, but people have joined from all across the country, which is, you know, it's kind of reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you see it? Uh, I, I, I hate to throw this at you. Who knows? Well, it sounds it sounds like a yeah. job interview question, and I hate to throw it out there, but I'm also curious. So yeah. where, where do you see it in um, five or ten years? I, I would love to be helping people at scale, right? Like I said, we're pretty local right now. We're fairly small. Um, Kim and myself and Danny, we all have two jobs. We all have multiple kids. Um, we, we do motivation because we love it and because we want to build and create something that helps people, right? Day jobs are great. They pay for my house and my family and there's, there's great people there, but um, kind of like your artist inspiration. Like I, I want to create something too that helps other people and they remember it. So I would love for it to get larger and help more people and have more classes and more programs beyond what we've done today. And then eventually have it be, you know, full-time job, a full-time business and, help everybody out. So it's a mix of being, you know, we talked about goals, right? The emotional mm -hmm. goal of creating and, and being fulfilled by something. And then the uh, concrete goal of I'd like to be larger and be a full-time job. So I don't know when that'll happen, Sean, but that's the goal. That's the inspiration. Do you think, uh, do you think the emotion plays more of it, you know, in terms of goal goals being achieved rather than just like the actual like data that's compiled from it? I mean, I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a. I I kind of agree. I think it does. Um, I don't know if I, it's necessarily a good thing, um, or entirely a good. Depends thing. how you because, use it, right? I yeah. Mean, right. I mean, if you're so emotionally invested in something, this applies to anything. It's your fitness or whatever else. You're so emotionally invested in something that you just don't want to let go of it, even though it's clearly just not. Yeah, really. It's clearly just not really doing much or going very far. I mean, I've kind of run up against that myself here as well. I really like, I really like doing this stuff, but you know, I seem to get hurt a lot when I do it. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea that I do it. it all that, like all that, that cave, I like the idea. All that cliff yeah. diving you're doing, you gotta, you gotta ease <laughs> off, you know. But yeah, I think I, I think what your central message is is like you're, you're right, like. And human beings at the end of the day are very emotionally based creatures and we make decisions based more on that than anything else. We do. We do. And no. I think that's where the coaching comes in. And I, I don't, I've had coaches before, so I'm fortunate that I've had the experience. And I noticed like, I'm guessing most of your listeners either have worked with you or are working with you. So they get it. You, you can have this drive, you can have this motivation, you have this goal, but knowing necessarily where to take the next turn or when to like pause or kind of pull back. Sometimes it's hard to do when you're so internally focused. And that's where a coach comes in and says, hey, hey, Dennis, you know, you're really driven on this right now, but I can tell you're burning out or I can see you're getting some injuries. Maybe right, ease it off a little bit, right? Get mm -hmm. a rest day, get a rest, take a month off, like get your head back in the game. And uh, sometimes that's hard for, for anybody to do, regardless of your personality. And that's where coaches support you. Yeah. I'm looking at your quote back there in your background. Yeah. The audience can't see it right now, but I'm thinking it's a, 
dare I dare to struggle, I dare to win, something like that. Yeah, it was yesterday I dared to struggle, today I dare to win. Um, and yeah. that's, I, I think, a lot about, well, at least for me, what I'm doing right now is kind of a struggle too, right? Building mm -hmm. a new business, um, starting it on my own when I started archery, right? I, you, everything you do that's new, you're going to struggle with it. Uh, I'm teaching my my 10 year old too. I've got two kids. I got a 10 year old and a four year old, and he is definitely like right in that spot of, oh, I'm terrible at this. And I'm like, well, how many times did you try it? Well, this is my first try. <laughs> and I go, man, you know, everybody sucks their first try, and you probably suck your 10th try. That Sounds is familiar. that's part of learning. That's part of growing. But mm -hmm. if you dare to, if you're one of the few that dare to struggle, right? Take that time to learn, and maybe embarrass yourself, and maybe maybe like you know, do it the wrong way, and and be unsuccessful for a while, eventually that day will come where it's your turn to win. And that could be being happy. It could be winning a gold medal. It could be, you know, feeling more like yourself, like you used to 20 years ago. Um, if you put in the struggle, you can get to the win. And I, I try to remind myself of that all the time. I couldn't say it better myself. I mean, I've had conversations that, like that with my own son. Like he's... <laughs> You know, I guess kind of too much like me in the sense that he thinks if he can't master it in yeah. one in one try, then he can't. Away. Yeah, right. He just eh, next. You know, I'm yeah. no good at that. But um, no, no, that's a that's a great way to uh, kind of bring it all into focus here. Well, Dennis, I'm lucky uh, my parents must have taught me that somewhere along the line because it's deeply instilled in me, and I'm hoping you know I can teach him and teach her that uh, one little nugget in their lives. Yeah, yeah, good deal, man. Good deal. So, Dennis, uh, we have a closing tradition on this show okay. where um, I ask the guests that because so much is talked about, nobody remembers absolutely everything that's talked about. So, if you could just kind of leave us with one thing to remember, if nothing else, what do you think it would be? Figure out what motivates you. Start there. Brilliant. Figure out what motivates you and just start there. <laughs> A lot easier said than done, but you gotta, yeah, of course. But, but you gotta, you gotta kick it off somewhere, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, Dennis, where can people, where can people find you in terms of like social media and all that stuff? Yeah, so uh, you can find us at gotivation.com. That's also where the motivational personality quiz is, and then mm -hmm. you can find me mostly on Instagram. Uh, again, I got a couple jobs and kids, so I don't post as much as uh, as I should be. But it's Dennis underscore Timpanero at Instagram. And uh, hope to see you out there. If you have any questions or just want to talk about some of these ideas, just hit me up in my DMs. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking I might myself. I'm thinking because uh, if all things go to the plan, I might be in the Chicago area in nice. June. Might be, you know, might go to the Blues Festival. It's in the Chicago area. That's pretty uh, great. Yeah, you been? I have. It's been a long yeah. time, though, but I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah my, I have a friend who is heavily into music. And I was like, hey, you want to go to this? I like I like blues music. So, hey, you want to go to this? It's like, yeah, I'll see what can happen. <laughs> That's kind of how he is. It's like, eh, well, we'll see. But You know, we'll see what happens. But as long as it's, uh, is it, when is Blues Fest? Is that July? June? June. June. Yeah. yeah. Well, it should not be snowing at that point. So I Well, hopefully uh, not. Worth the journey. Not today, but. We should, but, we should yeah. all be worried if it does. But uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll drop by wherever your office is and just kind of meet you in person. That'd be awesome, man. We could grab a smoothie, uh, hang out and talk, <laughs> get some sun. Great. <laughs> Sound like a couple old guys, right? Get, get a smoothie. Yeah, we old are guys, old guys now. Yeah. Well, we get some boba tea. That's cool and young, right? We've got a boba, boba tea? tea place, which is pretty great. So come huh. on by. 
I don't think I've ever had that. But, All right, I'm yeah, going to introduce I'm you to it then, buddy. I'm, I'm open to new experiences. All right. Love it. <laughs> well, Dennis, uh, I'll put all the contact information for the website and the social media in the show notes so people can access it um, as they would like. And, uh, well, again, thank you again for taking time out of your Monday to speak with me. And it's been a great conversation. I'm glad we had no technical difficulties. You never know with this uh, recording platform. but um, Yeah, I appreciate it too, man. This was a blast. Best yeah, of luck yeah. with everything too, all right? Renaissance. Yeah, thanks a lot. And, and of best of luck to you with uh, Go Devation and everything else you're doing, your kids, family. All Thank good you. all good vibes there, man. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Fitness Reborn Podcast. Again, I'm Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training. My guest is Dennis Tampanero. He's the co-founder and CEO of Go Devation. And uh, I'll catch you all next time. Until then, move forever. Peace out. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps, and I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.